0: As an entrepreneur, it's really important that we see a return on the investments that we make. You know, with our time, what are we doing? What are we getting out of that at the end of the day? With our money, are we able to spend a dollar and see more than one dollar come back? Our spirit, our energy, everything that is us as entrepreneurs, for the most part, in one way or another, we're really looking for an ROI or a return on that investment and right up towards the top of the measuring stick of success is something called profit, in most cases at least. So how do you increase your chances of becoming profitable and your businesses to ensure a life of financial wealth and prosperity in all areas? The answer, I'll go ahead and spoil it, is assets. Think about it from a business perspective, from a personal perspective, Those that are wealthy typically have assets in some capacity. In your business, it could be the machinery that you have. It could be the real estate that you own. It could be inventory of your product, or it could just be the patents that you have on the designs and the products that you have patents on. Today's episode, we're going to split this into a two-part episode because I want to throw a lot at you, and we're going to break it down, but... Today, we're going to be looking at the importance of assets, and more specifically, content assets, and how this can help you keep control of your business and its continued success. Welcome to the podcast. Attempting to simplify the complexities of entrepreneurship and what makes for a good life. This podcast is riddled with questions, ideas, philosophical food for thought, tangible takeaways, and honest stories that highlight one man's journey. My name's Evan Shank. Welcome to the podcast, Which Way Now? 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 All right, so let's start off by looking at a parallel that we can all understand pretty closely, and then we'll break it down from there. Let's look at the house that you live in. First question, do you own that house? Do you have, if if maybe not full ownership, do you have equity in it at least? You control how long you live in your house, the upgrades, etc. There's a component of control in that. Now granted, many people aren't in a position where they own something or paying equity, paying down their mortgage, mortgage each month, and they're renting. So in this case, you have a place to stay, but it's not really yours. And the thing is, the landlord might want to sell it and then you're just going to have to leave. <laughs> and you can't renovate, and why would you? So that you can spend your money to add value on somebody else's property? Now, of course, there's all all sorts of one-off scenarios where sometimes things like this don't exactly go that way or you do choose to upgrade on something that you're not owning. But for the most part, you're not going to really profit off of anything that you're investing into this rental. And I'm not really saying that you have to own your home versus renting or that one is good or bad. There's so many situations to where sometimes renting is the best and sometimes owning is the best. The point is, it's all about control. You're in control of the things that you own. Here's an interesting stat just to keep playing off of home ownership it's the largest source of wealth among families with the median value of a primary residence worth about 10 times the median value of the financial assets held by families. Essentially, people that have wealth in real estate, especially the ownership of their home, that makes up a huge, huge portion of what their overall wealth is at any given time. Housing wealth or home equity slash net worth The gains are built up through price appreciation and by paying off the mortgage. And so if we zoom out and we look at it at a national level, a homeowner who purchased a single family home 10 years ago, now I'm recording this in 2022, 10 years ago, they would have seen $225,000 in home equity gained on that. Now, that's a stat that I pulled from the NAR or Nas- National Association of Realtors, and um, it's just really interesting because I started kind of thinking about this parallel of assets in our business and then assets in our personal life. And if you think about just, if we're just talking dollars and cents, as I've already mentioned, those that own real estate tend to do pretty well financially financially. Now, once again, it's not a hard and fast rule, and that's not your only way to get it, but most wealthy people would advise that you be invested into the real estate game. And obviously, this is not the podcast where we talk on that kind of stuff, but the, once again, the, the concept is ownership is important for long-term gains. And once again, ownership means having equity and control over what you own. And the big word is control because as the title of this podcast, this two-part podcast is it's called Algorithms and Assets. So we're talking about the asset side and why it's important to have that. We'll talk about algorithms a little bit later. At the beginning of any business, though, you're going to need to have marketing. And there's a few different reasons. And off the top of my head, number one, if it's brand new, people don't know you or your business exists yet. And so marketing is ideally going to increase the rate of exposure, how quickly you can start to get the message out to people that you're in business. Another reason is people need educated on your product or service and how it is a solution for their current dilemma. If you're a brand new business, then they're not gonna know anything about your product or service. So it's pretty obvious that marketing is going to come in to help you push that message out, right? Another reason is that with a new business, marketing is usually required before sales are made, for the most part. Because, you know, you could go out into a marketplace. So like if you had a brand new business or like a lot of people, they're building businesses just off of Amazon, you know, and so they have this Amazon business and what they're using is the power of Amazon's marketplace. They don't necessarily have to do a lot of their own marketing necessarily. Uh, Etsy would be another example of a marketplace. You start doing these cool like custom hand-sewn leather wallets and you can make a store on Etsy and as long as you have some good product descriptions and some nice pictures, which is part of your marketing of course, a lot of the marketplace of Etsy is going to come in clutch for you. But for the most part, if you're a brand new business, you're going to need that marketing so that you can start to get the sales in. I mean, it's a pretty one-two punch. It's pretty obvious. And the last reason is because it helps open up more revenue as more people start to buy from you. So as you see the sales come in, you can now bring up this engine on your um, business that is the marketing section, and it's going to propel you further forward because you can feed money into the marketing machine. And then more sales are going to come out of that. So it just helps open up more revenue. In your marketing, I really, really urge you, and this is kind of just getting straight down to the bottom line of the episode. I urge you to create assets that will add value to your business, to your brand immediately, as well as over time. So let's talk about marketing assets. What do I mean? I gave you some examples yeah, patents, your inventory that you have. There's a handful of things that are kind of obvious assets. But then, if we talk marketing assets specifically, these are things like websites, videos and images, emails, articles or blogs, and brochures. And there's a, the list goes on. Marketing assets are anything used to promote a company's products, services, or simply just promoting the brand. And like that list that I mentioned above, content is becoming increasingly more valuable. It's becoming a lot more worthwhile to have these assets to build upon over time. Here's another statistic for you. In 2021, 82% of companies report using content marketing, which is a 12% increase from 2020. So... (laughs) 82%, and that was last year at the time of this recording. So you know it's higher now. And within the conversations of marketing in general, content is becoming this critical thing. If you're not putting out content, then in most cases, you're leaving a lot of money on the table and you're not adding value to your business. You're not building up some assets that, once again, you have control over. So yes, the call to action is create some content. And I'm trying to do that for myself. I mean, this podcast is a great example of something that I enjoy doing, but then the content that comes out of this, this is something that I own. This is something I created with my brain, with my thoughts, my experience, my voice, and then obviously a couple dollars spent on a microphone and a little bit of a setup. I hope you, uh, if you're viewing this, I hope you like my office. I've been working on it, adding little things in the background here and there, (laughs) Um. Yeah, so, I mean, what's really important is that with content, you have to recognize you're either creating it or you're just not. And so you have these assets or you just don't. And there's a lot of ways to market your business. There's a lot of channels that you can start to be a part of. If you've got content, now you've got stuff that you can take out to social media and build your channels organically just through posting and hashtags and being a part of the communities that are on these platforms. Also paid media and ads, basically advertisement is what I'm talking about. So you can do this on social media. You can do this off of social media. There's a lot of places and opportunities where people will let you spend your money for them to place your ad on their website or wherever it may be. And then past that, there's SEO, which is search engine optimization, and the list goes on. There's just so much. I mean, marketing is, it's kind of overwhelming how much there is to it, and that's why I try to speak on it a lot. I'm passionate about it. It's kind of my full-time gig anyway, but there's just a lot of confusion in the space of how to do marketing right, how to do it wrong, and it seems like as soon as you start to figure it out, things change. And this episode is kind of geared in that light a little bit. But here's the thing is within all this, what's climbing the ranks, like I mentioned, is content. Because with content, and yes, I am repeating myself because I want this to be very clear. With content, you have more control. This is where the title of the episode comes from. You're not as subject to the wavering ways of the algorithms. You, it increases the organic search traffic on your website. And you can still run ads on that content as well. This is going to bring people into your website. Once again, it's an asset that you control. Facebook or Meta is not the person in the driver's seat of your website. But if you all of your marketing and all of your effort is solely on Facebook, then hopefully you're playing by their rules because they could kick you at any time. They could block you. We've seen this on Twitter, obviously, in recent news right now, and I'm dating when this podcast goes up as you look back at it years from now, but right now the news just came out that Elon Musk is buying Twitter. He's, I think, 41 billion, 40 billion, somewhere in there. Huge numbers, but it's crazy, and a lot of that is because he doesn't like how Twitter's being handled and that we're not allowing people to be able to speak freely. And once again, I don't want to get off track of what today's episode is about, but that is just an example of people are frustrated by the algorithm changes, by what the board of directors and the stockholders or shareholders rather are wanting out of these companies. And it makes sense. I'm going off my notes here for a second, but it makes sense. Like if I own shares of Twitter and Twitter is the social media platform that allows for ads to be displayed, somebody's paying to put their ad up, right? So if that's the case, what you want if you're an investor into that company is you want to see the profits. You want to see that your investment is making money so that you can reinvest or do whatever you want with it. So when that starts to happen and money starts to get involved in this equation, there's a lot of people that we're trying to keep happy. And usually because the stockholders, shareholders are invested into it, they kind of get priority as far as if they're not seeing profitability, then they're going to start manipulating the rules of how that how the algorithm works and what's accepted on that platform, what you can say, what you can't say. All of that plays into whether a company is going to spend their marketing dollars to place ads on Twitter or if they're going to do it over on Instagram instead. It's a big, complex thing. And, uh, you know, I'm just kind of shooting from the hip on that. But it's, a, it's just, it's happening and it's happening in real time for all, all of us right now so things ebb and flow. It's this pendulum that just kind of swings back and forth, which, the key word, control, we don't have control over that. So how can we be in control? And even more than that, look at building wealth with our business, with the brand that we're developing. Build things that you can control that are assets, that appreciate and value, that add to the infrastructure of what you have as a brand. The other really cool thing about content is that you can slice it and dice it. You can reuse an ebook. You can take sections of an ebook and make them blog posts. You can take sections of the blog post and you can make little snippets or video clips that can go up on TikTok or Instagram Reels or you could start bringing people in. You could start adding polls to things and get the engagement to go up. There's a lot of ways that you can repurpose one big piece of content, whether it's text, whether it's audio form, like a podcast is a fantastic example. I'm going to take this podcast, and as I edit it, I'm going to try to find three to five-ish, it depends on what I can find, three to five-ish clips that I can take out that are about 60 seconds long that I can promote on TikTok and on Instagram Reels because those are doing really well right now. So it helps me get exposure onto this podcast. And the other thing too, obviously, is this podcast is gonna live on forever. There's just a lot you can do with a piece of content if you're methodical about it. So they become assets to build your brand's value. Certain content is evergreen, which means there's a lifetime of value. It's not something that works today and is gone tomorrow. I, I think a really obvious example is like if you search on YouTube for how to grow your Instagram account organically, like if that's what you search in the search bar on YouTube, you're going to have to filter those results to make sure it's showing you stuff, typically I'll filter it, like if I'm looking for something kinda like that, I'll filter it to where it only shows me the videos that have been posted this month, or in the past 30 days. You know, it's the top of May right now, so maybe this year, the past several months. But, if you start taking advice from YouTube, somebody who posted a video, even if it was super relevant from 2019, or 2021 even, the things change so much, and, that's why it's really important that we focus on creating not only content, but looking at what is advice, information, entertainment that could stand the test of time and will always be valuable in the eyes of your target audience, the people that you're trying to do business with. A good example could be maybe it's a handyman that puts up a video of how to swing a hammer. Um, and he's like a home DIY coach maybe or something like that, what he can do is he can promote affiliate links to hammers that are worth buying or he could sell a paid newsletter that has exclusive, more exclusive content inside of this paid newsletter. The, the thing is, <laughs> the rules of how to swing a hammer have never changed. He can post this video once and the content stays relevant and useful forever. So the question and my call to you is are you paying attention to, number one, if you're not doing marketing, I hope you understand that investing into the, the content side of marketing is good. But if you are doing marketing, where are your dollars going? Are you putting, are you all in on Instagram and nothing else? What are you posting on Instagram? Are you zooming out to get above the noise of the trend that we need to post three times a day or whatever it is, and looking at, all right, well, what I could do is I could make this video that's on YouTube. I could then take, I could transcribe that video, so now I have a big, long text document. I could format it to be a blog. Now I can have that blog posted on my website That's going to help with the search engine ranking, the SEO of my website, which is getting me more traffic, while the YouTube video is getting more traffic. And then you start making these little posts from that. There's a lot of ways you can go about it, but the fact of the matter is we need to be paying attention to how can we stay in control in our businesses? How can we build assets that allow us to continue to grow and hit our goals over time. Because naturally, we really, as entrepreneurs, we really are doing it not only for the thrill and for the experience that you get, the journey that it is, but we wanna return on this. We want to see that we invested into something, we took a risk on something, we started this business, we bought an online business that was hardly doing anything and we turned it into this big thing. You know, everybody's story is different, but this is just my encouragement to pay attention to content marketing as kind of a solution to adding more assets to your business. There's a lot of other ways that you could do this, but I'm kind of a marketing dude and I kind of think through that lens and obviously very entrepreneurial spirited myself. And so these are the types of things that I'm talking about internally and with my clients and we're seeing a lot of success, and it's just proven, and it's not a trend that's going to come and go where, you know, in 10 years, five years, two years from now, content's not going to be important. It's becoming more and more important. So we need to pay attention to those things. In the next episode, we are going to start getting into a little bit more about the algorithms behind things and the types of content that you can create and starting to just dig into a little bit, I guess we could just say the strategy of it and just understand what this complex, confusing, seemingly ever-changing term of content marketing, what it actually is and how we can beat the algorithm and build our brands so that we can live the life that we've always dreamed of. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure you give it a rating, whether you're listening to on apple or spotify or wherever you you're listening to it the rating and the review it helps a ton if you're on youtube hit the like button and uh, thanks for being here until next time peace well that does it for this episode you can always reach out to me directly on my instagram at evanshank 75 with any thoughts or questions you may have i'd love to connect and hear your story make sure you follow and subscribe and also leave a review on whichever platform you're listening to this on My only question to you is which way now?